You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, August 11th. It's Mountain Day in Japan and Independence Day in the nation of Chad. Well, dear listener, we're a little thin on breaking news, if you couldn't tell. Did you change your AD password yet? I'd do it right away if I were you, even if to get one fewer emails from Mike Korn. Good news, though. We've got a fun interview today. Here's Chris Garrity. This is Mark Herzberger. Today I'm joined by Chris Garrity, a project manager. Chris, welcome back to the pod. How are you? Hey, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Uh, we had you on, as I recall, one of our very uh, early guests back in probably March or April 2020. I thought we'd uh, get you back on and check in on a fairly major project that you helped work on. But um, before we get to that, why don't we get into a little of your backstory? How did you arrive to us here in IT services and what are some of the, the roles and jobs that you've had? So I came in through temporary employment services and was brought in as a project coordinator or a project policy analyst too with the quality research project. So I worked with Susan Oswald, the previous project manager for the quality research project. And then um, as quality launched in January of 2020, I then had some of my time split with the finance project and so helped with their testing activities and preparation for launch, and then also some of their hypercare managing um, sessions in the morning for users to come in and engage in a sort of forum Q&A um, period. And then after that shutdown, took over fully Quali IRB and then working out some remaining Quali COI work. And had you had any project coordination or project management experience uh, prior to that adventure? So I had taken a couple courses, some minimal courses in project management, very basic introductory courses uh, a few years ago, but I had also been engaged um, several years ago in events management. So not quite project management, but a little more, you know, kind of the, the smaller, what we like to call mini projects, I guess you could say, where, you know, coordinate an event, make sure it launches, follow up with a customer plan for the next year. What have you learned about project management and perhaps in particular the way we do project management here at UC San Diego IT services since since you got uh, joined up with us? Yeah, I think one of the most important things I've learned is not only uh, one saying that really came to mind is, you know, projects are about people. And a lot of the ways I used to think about projects was, nope, you've got these set of things to do, just get what you need to do done. But really, that as a project manager, it's really about making sure not only is your team getting things done, but that your team has the resources and the time and the leadership to you know, engage in that and get what they need done in the proper way. But also IT services at UCSD following our processes and mapping out processes, laying that groundwork and foundation, I found has one been a little bit of a change for me and getting better at that but that I have really seen, especially with the launch of Quali IRB, that setting processes in place, making sure people follow them and making them as efficient as possible, really beneficial. What do you like about the PM role and also what's challenging about it? I like the role because I get to engage with 
a lot of different teams, a lot of different individuals, and experience a lot of different ways that individuals not only conduct business, but also how they view challenges or uh, issues in their current operations that we could hopefully with our projects improve upon. And so that's really interesting. I love learning about new things. I love learning how people interact with their systems and, and what the systems do now versus, okay, what could we do to make it better? What's been really challenging for me at times is making sure that I don't take on too much or uh, go outside the boundaries of what a PM should do because I think I really want to help people. And so sometimes I will say, okay, our team can do this. Oh, but I will step in and try and do ABC. And sometimes when you take on too much, yes, maybe you get it done, but you want to make sure it gets done efficiently. It gets done well. And so concentrating on what your team can do is more important than not concentrating on what I can do by myself. You're probably not alone uh, as being a kind-hearted PM uh, in that way. PMs are, yeah, I've typically found are the nexus and they're connected and they know a lot, but yeah, it is important to kind of delegate and empower appropriately. Um, so you mentioned the IRB with, with Quali. What does that stand for? And when did you get um, attached to that project? So IRB stands for Institutional Review Board. It's committees here at UCSD that review human subject research studies, uh, protocol applications. And so I have been working with what was formerly known as the Human Research Protection Program. They have since transitioned their name to the Office of IRB Administration. And so I became attached to this project, again, assisting Susan Oswald, our previous PM, as she had quality research, quality COI, quality IRB. And I fully became part of Quali IRB as of June of last year. So June of 2020, I took over when she retired and um, really became much more involved with the team, you know, really hands-on coordinating, leading them through the project and, and leading us towards our launch last month on July 7th. What'd you learn from Susan during your time working with her? An amazing amount, but also I feel not enough. There, <laughs> I, I feel there is so much I could have gained from continuing to work with her as a PM, but that, you know, she really gave me a good, uh, she gave me very good advice that one, again, as I just mentioned earlier, you know, making sure that the team understands their roles, their duties, that the PM is also there to help coordinate, to lead, and that, again, engaging in the processes, making sure we're following processes, but that you know, as issues come up, communication is important that, you know, not only does the PM need to communicate with all the various stakeholders, team members, customers, but that the PM needs to be communicating with the team, communicating with the team, and the team needs to be communicating with each other. So that way we're always, you know, or as much as possible in alignment and keeping moving forward. And let's not bury the lead. The Kowali IRB system went live into its production about a year, uh, sorry, a month ago or so by the time this airs. What was it like for you to, you know, PM it and, and guide it across the finish line and, and even uh, keep it through the, you know, the ongoing sustainment period? It's been very exciting. It's been very, I have been very nervous too, as one 
you know, as much as I helped and coordinated with Susan on Quali Research Launch, on Quali CY Launch, this was my first project really as the PM launching a system. And so a lot of factors and ensuring, you know, communication and training and it at times seemed overwhelming, but as I mentioned, you know, projects are about people and anyway, keeping people in line and having your team to support you. And that was really helpful. And that's why it made it even more exciting was I had a group of people that we got to see this, you know, almost from start to finish, but from sort of, you know, infancy to now it's graduating college and you're, you're just in so many ways proud, but also realizing there's still some work that could be done and there's some ways to improve and, and continue to learn from our user community. And I've heard that it's going well. I hope you don't have any breaking news uh, otherwise, but um, you know, it's, it's early days, but what are, what are you hearing from the users and, and how's the adoption going? So the adoption we believe is going really well. We are running into just some, some issues around, you know, some mismatching of user information, but we're working through that. We've got resolutions, we've got plans in place. So working towards those, but that, a lot of users, a lot of our feedback, not only during testing, but also after go live and from our users, our staff, our committee members of these IRB boards, these IRB committees have all very much commented on how more intuitive the system is over the legacy system, that it's much more simpler to move through. It's more efficient and that, you know, they do feel that it's, it's a great system. So we are excited to hear that. When a, when a big project like this, you know, goes live, we have a lot of processes and frameworks existing, both kind of from like the service management side, but also the organizational change management. Um, how did you use and benefit from some of the frameworks that were in place? So a lot of what I worked on with our team and, for example, you know, the communications team and the change management team was really identifying first who's our audience is going through those processes of identifying the groups identifying who's engaging in the system now, and then identifying those groups actually, funny enough, who don't engage in the system and how best to reach them. Because the last thing you want is, okay, hey, we hit the heavy users, heavy users are all set. What about those users who come in a couple times a year or those, those big players who maybe don't engage very often, but when they do engage, we want it to work for them and we want them to understand the system. And so really focusing on the processes behind identifying, you know, analyzing, and then setting up all the different channels that make it make ourselves available and make the system available to users. Um, we really benefited from that because we had a, a, a relatively small team on our project. And so leveraging the resources, leveraging the processes that other teams had established was a huge benefit and really allowed my team to focus on the work they needed to do to get the system launched. As you were working on the IRB solution and bringing it to its production state, what did you find surprising or unexpected along the way? In some ways, I think the level of interaction that you users had that weren't necessarily our research teams, for example, you know, those submitting applications, those submitting to the boards versus those managing the boards, but then really understanding the levels of different offices, whether they're mm -hmm. compliance offices or financial offices or those who may be engaging in the system, what exactly they looked for, how they went about their duties as, you know, we went through testing and, and communication with these different teams was really learning the depth of how much people interacted with this system mm. as I will admit part of me was oh, okay yeah we have research teams researchers submitting we have an IRB board who manages okay and then we report out or do that and it's a very simple ecosystem you know for for a software system 
and that was surprising to learn no there is way much more going on and that there are a lot more teams involved and so that learning that and, and building for that has been was something that was unexpected and surprising for me and as you know we always say maybe it's the the questions i didn't know i needed to know so you're, you're saying you realize that uc san diego is fantastically complex and nuanced it is a larger environment and of interactions and associations than I would have expected, you know, mm -hmm. I, or maybe just, again, a, a ignorance on my part that, yes, even though we're research, research involves mm -hmm. so many other fields that aren't just strictly, we're researching something, we need somebody to review it, that there are all these key players and all these key roles involved. So yes, definitely keeping, get, opening my view of the the UCSD landscape is, is something that this project helped me do. How about your future plans, whether you want to continue more on project management path or what, what do you see uh, for yourself down the road? Yes, actually, I do see project management being in my future. I want to learn more. I see there's so much benefit to it. There is, I feel, a, a strong need for PMs, not that service owners, service management of ongoing systems, you know, can't manage the things, but that again, the running of day-to-day -day operations, the management of resources is such a tough operation that having an additional resource to help guide additional work, new work, improving systems is such a critical role to have in not only UCSD, but I believe in so many areas of, um, you know, the, the world and, uh, but for me personally, um, you know, really looking also to improve my process management and, and process uh, understanding, you know, skills uh, very much like, you know, the Lean Six Sigma program, really looking at that to engage in that and um, learn more. And Chris, you mentioned that you've been involved in our IT services Toastmasters Club. How's that been going and uh, what have, how have you benefited from that? It's been a great club. I've get to interact with some amazing people. And it's really helped me, I feel, in not only communicating with my team on planned calls, planned discussions, but also situations where someone contacts me or I'm in a call and questions that aren't planned or expected come my way. And I feel it's really improved the way I not only communicate, but also how I interact with people. And it's, it's been a great experience. I actually recently, um, I joined the club I want to say, if I can recall exactly, but I believe I joined sometime either in the winter or spring. And after a few months of being part of the team, we had recent elections and I became the VP of membership and taking on this responsibility, encouraging others to join and also uh, really advertising the benefits of the, the group, I think is a, a, a fun and challenging responsibility because it really has helped me when it comes to Zoom calls, talking to my team, presenting to stakeholders and presenting to users and, and other individuals, especially Zoom, but also in person. How has your continued work from home experience been? It's been good. I will admit I am starting to miss the cliffs of La Jolla. And <laughs> I know that from where I sat in uh, Torrey Pine Center South, I did get the spoiled opportunity to you know walk on my breaks over to our balconies and look at the golf course or look out over glider port. And so I do miss that. But also as one person mentioned in a recent team meeting we had, 
you know, at, at times it's really nice to just get a break from your computer, go walk in the kitchen and have a chat with somebody and, and not be on a screen. Mm -hmm. So uh, missing the human interaction, missing, you know, our location. And as much as I appreciate my home, uh, I did actually move. So I lived with some people, right. but now I moved to an apartment on my own and the quiet and solitude is getting to me a lot more than I thought. So looking for that interaction. So looking to, at some point, getting back on campus, at least part part of the week mm -hmm. to get that experience. We're hearing that more and more, I think, through some of these podcast interviews. Perhaps the more gregarious uh, among us are, are really missing the, the camaraderie and, and so forth. What are, what are some uh, outside of work uh, endeavors or activities that you like to partake in? Yeah, one is, thankfully, I have a pretty big family here in San Diego, and they all live relatively close. So most weekends, uh, I try to get out and go enjoy time with the family. I have several nieces and nephews, so getting to play with them and, and teach them, you know, lots of things is a lot of fun and, and gives me kind of that, you know, interaction with people. Uh, but I've also, as I moved to um, the Claremont area, you know, and it's a little bit kind of a newer area for me, even though I grew up here, but it's been you know, 20 plus years. And so now it's kind of like, oh, I got to relearn things. And so I'm trying to get out and explore where the restaurants are, where, um, you know, where's the fun activities. Mission Bay is really close. So trying to get out more and uh, either take walks, go to the park, you know, talk to friends who and rent boats and go sailing mm -hmm. and also, uh, you know, enjoy my occasional, you know, video game or read a book. So, you know, the usual standard hobbies, but yeah, really looking to just explore San Diego some more as we start to open up more, um, hopefully, and just really, you know, enjoy our city as much as possible. Here's the, here's my unsolicited life tip. I think I've heard it's much better to have friends with boats than try to own a boat on your own. So just file that away. Oh, hundred percent. I've, I've had a few friends who tried to plan out buying one. And all I can say is seeing their frustrations and the work they've had to put in and the paperwork and their, their complaints. I am very much with you, Mark. I would rather have the friends and be good friends with them than try to own it myself. Cause that seems like a whole heck of a lot of work. I don't want to take on. <laughs> I, think, I think the phrase goes something like boat owners, the happiest day of their life is the day they got the boat and the second happiest is the day they sold it, or maybe those are inversed. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I can, I can attest. I think that's pretty accurate from what I've seen. <laughs> and uh, Claremont sounds like that's Convoy Street adjacent. That is where I would go if I lived there. You made it over there. I, I've had so many friends tell me, oh, you've got to check out this restaurant or you've got to go to this place. Oh, the food here is amazing. Or so 100% on the list of places to go. All right. Another life tip. The parking over there is just universally horrible. So yep. you're warned, but it, it is worth it uh, once you get there. <laughs> well, thankfully, right in our you know day and age of Lyft and Uber and so on, I'm more than happy to have someone drive me safely and also not deal with parking probably is the bigger uh, primary objective, but just all around, you know, having, having that opportunity and those uh, options is something I'm, I really want to take advantage of, but definitely want to make it over to Convoy and avoid as many problems as possible. All right. Offline, I'll, I'll give you the preferred list of places, uh, but for now, appreciate you coming back on the current podcast. Yeah, no, Mark, thanks so much for the opportunity and just really enjoy everything I've gained and learned being part of ITS. It's an amazing team and looking forward to growing and continuing to support and work with this group. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. 
Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.